Moto One Podcast Network. I'm the Glove Glow Guy. I love Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast, baby. Yeah. You know, after this interview, I sound like a fat, hairy, bearded slob. I think that's kind of a a, a weird statement. Let's go. Is, baby. You're listening to a show hosted by an idiot and a sarcastic robot. That's me. It features the opinions of that idiot and the opinions of guest motorcyclists from a large demographic with a varying array of skills, talent, and knowledge. Any of the words that you hear on this podcast may therefore be very idiotic, unlawful, and incorrect, or perhaps genius and insightful. Either way, they do not reflect the opinions or well-thought-out and completely fair policies of the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast or any of the podcasts under the Moto One Podcast Network umbrella. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Enjoy the show, Fart Tooth. Hey, y'all, it is me. It is your boy, Junkie. And welcome to Creative Writing, a junk pile. We haven't done a junk pile in a long-ass time. That's where I don't really have anything specific to talk about, motorcycle-related, except I kind of do, on this show. And I figure we might kind of follow the same format as we used to back in the past. We do have your boy, Tobor, in the house. Why don't you say hi, Tobor? Tobor, you're being a little overdramatic, homeboy. You do not sound like a retarded vending machine. However, we did have to message your vocal encoder. Things got wacky. I'm sorry that you sound like you do, and there's nothing we can, nothing we can do about it at this point. If you know how to do coding better, you can fix this. You can fix your mistakes. These aren't my mistakes, bro. You were the one messing with it last time I came in. You sounded like me. I don't know how you did that. But obviously, we've been playing around with some vocal encoder. You probably used the AI to clone my voice or something like that. I don't know what you've been up to. But anyways, you're in the studio tonight. You might be mixing the ones and twos. Let me get this microphone set up straight. Mixing the ones and twos on the boards with the threes and the fours. And uh, let's get into some of the topics on this week's show. I wish I were dead. <laughs> okay. Well, you're going to be a fun co-host tonight, Dober. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to talk about some highs and lows. We're going to uh, do some of the, like I said, some of the normal stuff that we do on a normal show. So it'd almost be like a normal show, except our topic this this week. So uh, I really did want to get into some events. Maybe, maybe we'll put off some of these events for later uh, or some of the news topics for later. Um, Getting right into the show, welcome. This isn't going to have an episode number, although I would argue that almost every podcast out there, at least the good ones, have episode numbers and even seasons. Those ones really annoy me because I don't know what season are we. We have over 300 episodes. We have like 320-something episodes. We're on season one, episode 320. So for all of you that are on season eight, episode three, suck it, (laughs) right? Am I right, Tobor? All right. At least he agrees with me on the second part. Tober, I'm sorry. You don't you don't sound as clear and robust as you did before. We'll get it figured out. But um, but yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna chat here tonight um in the studio. We're, we're gonna cycle through our highs and our lows for this for the week before we get into some events here. And I gotta tell you, for junk, I I don't know my 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 highs actually. My highs is uh we've been away for a little bit we've been away, been away for about two two and a half weeks something like that we had we did have a hurricane coming in uh 
uh, you know, the 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 last show we recorded was the week before the Josie's uh, camp out at Josie's uh, hideout, and that got canceled from Hurricane whatever the fuck it was. I don't even know what what it was, but man, I really am feeling for the people right now in Florida because our hurricane was awesome. Uh, it brought cool weather. It brought a little bit of rain, barely. You know, I mean, we did get some rain. Uh, out in the deserts, there was some flooding, but anytime you get more than like an inch and a half of rain, there's crazy flooding out in the desert just because as why is the desert? There's no, never any rain. There hasn't been lakes out there for thousands of years probably. Um, and I don't know how far it went into Vegas and all that stuff, but it was way overrated. Uh, you know, everyone, you know, Wiggins is asking me if I wanted a generator and a shotgun. Whoops, I better turn that down. Wiggins is asking if I want like a generator and a shotgun and, you know, hobo rations. And I was like, nah, I think we'll be all right. Um, I was a little bit bummed, but it turns out not only did we not even lose power, we got some nice cool rain, which brought an end to those high ass temperature, you know, week we were having. We got some more rain today. So go figure. I love, I love hurricanes apparently on the, on the West coast. Um, so we didn't have a show because of that, uh, for a little bit. And, uh, um, Mama Dawson, two tones, two caps. What the fuck's her name? Two, two tops. Uh, two tops was up in, uh, you know, out of the city. Anyways, I think she's she still may be. I haven't heard from her since, but she was uh, scouting out some some property up north. So uh, she was out of town anyways. So I my high was this hurricane. I loved it. Uh, no, it, it brought a little lull to the show. We got almost a little vacation out of it. Also, Junkie's been at the dentist, and guess what? They took three of my last six teeth. And so it was really hard today. I'm having a hard time talking, so I'm sorry about that. But yeah, I, I'll go for the hurricanes. I'll go for the little bit of a break. Not that I like being punched in the face by a dentist three or four times. A, he saw my teeth and then he started punching me. He's like, you son of a bitch. Why would you bring these things here? Bow, bow, bow. And you know, all that fun stuff. But so getting in a fist fight with my dentist, got my teeth removed, but now I only have about three teeth left. Um, so those are my highs. I'm, I'm all about it. Getting in fist fights, having hurricanes, it's almost like we live in Florida. <laughs> I just got to start riding in flip-flops and uh, board shorts. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, Tilbor. You b- wet blanket buzzkill. Um, my lows, some very, very low lows. Uh, also, um, I mean, it has been a little bit since we, we had a show. It's been, a, like I said, a couple weeks. And about a week ago, I believe it was exactly a week ago, um, there was a shootout at Cook's Corner, which is a famous um, local place here. Uh, there's a lot of bike events that go there. The uh, um, A lot of chopper events, a lot of born-free events used to happen over there um, at Cook's Corner. And it's a really great little country bar uh, that's right out of Orange County. You're in Orange County. You're going to all the malls. You're at the beaches. You're at the looking at all the mansions in Anaheim Hills or whatever the hill. And you almost forget that you're right outside the city when you go up there because it's, it's hidden away in the hills. And that's why a lot of motorcyclists like to go there. Um, they also had a really, uh, you know, I, I'm saying this like I've been there. I've never been there. I've been by there, but never actually stopped at Cook's for, have <laughs> ever stopped there for a drink or music or anything. But I've been by and I know what it looks like. So I know that they have like a little stage and stuff like that. So it's a really, really cool biker-friendly bar. Everyone has biker events there. Um, the mini moto ride that I went on in May, actually, they rode from 
my part of town, which is right be the dumpster right behind the Taco Bell, the local Taco Bell, all the way down there on scooters. And if you know, that's like a I want it's, it's like a good hundred something mile ride. I think if you have to do it on scooters and you can't get on any uh, freeways, so I mean, what a day! It was like a half day ride just to get there. So we're talking like everybody from Harley's to scooters goes down to this place. So that was a real huge bummer. Uh, it gives it a bad rep, you know, biker bar shootout. You know, um, you hear that, you think that everyone always thinks the worst. It was actually a retired police officer that went there to shoot his wife because they were getting a divorce. And so had nothing to do with the patrons that are there, had nothing to do with the actual location, except for that she just happened to be there. So I am really upset about that. Tobor, did you, that was like a robotic fart, buddy. Bad timing. We're trying to be sentimental here about a bar. Um, but anyway, long story short. Um, yeah, really, really bummed out about, uh, you know, just what was happening at Cook's and, and, uh, that's my low, that's my low. When any, when any place that is biker friendly gets shot up, um, or has something bad, whether it's a crash, you know, um, you know, street takeover and somebody gets ran over and killed like any fun thing, even, even like, a, um, right of the century. And then like people in a car cut off a biker and start to get dragged out of their car or something. And, uh, you know, it turns into headline news. That stuff always sucks. So yeah, I'm just bummed out. That is my low. Tobor, you got any highs and lows? My high was the day you made me. My low was the day you gave me this voice. <sighs> Again, wet blanket, Tobor. You sound like garbage, I gotta admit. So I'm going to turn you off in a minute. <laughs> but anyway. Please, you just resurrected me last week. Have mercy. Sweet, sweet mercy. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll have sweet, sweet mercy. I'll let you sit there. I won't unplug you or anything like that, but I may take turn off your mic. Um, but yeah, so your, your highs and lows are great. So let's get into this week's events. I would let you read them, but I don't know if anybody would understand what you're saying. Uh, why don't you try to take this first one? And I'll see if I can understand you. And if I can understand you, it's possible other people might. So go ahead, Tobor. Take it all, you know, face your, yeah, eat your mic. There you go. Good boy. Are you plugged in directly to the soundboard? No, I'm using this ridiculous mic. All right. Well, that might explain some of it. All right. You try to take this away. I'll see if I can understand what the hell you're saying. And if I can, there's a good chance you'll be able to read some of these with me. All right. Take it away, Tobor. August 27. SoCal bike drags, just at two and eight, $50, one-eighth mile at Baron Drags and Lakeside. That's actually supposed to be Barona Drags. I think that was a mistype. Uh, also, it says August 27th, so that's a little bit older one. Uh, you were reading off the script just like Ron Burgundy. Do you know You know who Ron Burgundy was? Ron Burgundy is a fictional character made up by Harry yeah, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think you got that right. Uh, but the, the event was for August 27th. It was the uh, 50 bucks for a uh, eighth mile drags at, at the Barona drags in Lakeside. Uh, they might be having a September event. I'm not 100% sure, but the actual race is going to be October 21st. So it's still coming up. Yes, I did learn my calendar. Thank you, Tobor. Uh, October 21st, if you use the promo code HELLCAT, you can get 20% off. Uh, there may be another testing tune coming up. Go to SoCalBikeDrags.com 
for more info to check it out and see for yourself. Don't just don't just go off my stuff and and Kim's stuff. We don't do this stuff for you. <laughs> I mean, I guess we kind of do actually. Uh, let's see what else is on her list here. Mama Dawson. Oh, September 9th, Ride with Heart, uh, San Diego Harley Davidson. A twenty dollar donation will get you lunch and a poker run, and you can register at ridewithheart.org. So where if this twenty dollars gets you lunch, what what lunch is less than twenty bucks nowadays? I think they're losing money on this. You really got to think that the uh, the Heart Foundation is going to end up paying the riders to show up, right? Is that how this is going to work? Um, the organization just started in twenty twenty during COVID, and each year they continue to raise a little bit more and more. They raised seven thousand last year with your help, you jerkwad. You can help them get more than seven thousand, right, Tober? Back me up. Is that how math works? That's how math works. <laughs> Tober for a computer tonight. You're very, you're very off. Even I knew that's how math works. Um, uh, Babes right out Central Coast. I believe that already happened. Uh, September 17th, the Venice Vintage Motorcycle Club is having their third Sunday ride from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Meet up at the Stronghold on Abbott Kinney Boulevard. If you're not a jerk... Uh, September 23rd, Super Motocross World Championship. Yeah, you heard me right. Super Motocross. Super and Motocross together in one fell swoop at the LA Coliseum. This marks 50 years since Motocross was brought to the United States. Uh, To mark this momentous occasion, we should probably do like a history hole on uh, uh, what the what motocross was like before 1970s, before the Elsinore came over, before the Husqvarna's and Mako's made it over here. You know, Americans were racing on Triumphs and Harleys and BSAs and uh, they were calling it scrambles because basically you were scrambling over stuff. You you were not moto or crossing anything. And the uh, Europeans were like, hey, look at these bikes. Woo! And then, uh, you know, it started it all. So 50 years of motocross um, is happening. And I believe it's going to be like a $3 million, I don't know. Tobor, do you have any research on this or can you do some? Absolutely not. All right. Thank you, Tobor, for nothing as usual. Uh, yeah, this is, um, I believe it's going to be like an $8 billion uh, prize purse. They're, they're scooping up all sorts of stuff. Not only that, but I think the Triumph 250 is going to race uh, at that race. Or be Triumph was a huge part of this. So I think Triumph may be... Um, uh, putting their putting their mark on this. Um, Solstice Slam 2023 20, submissions are due September 20th. So you submit them that Friday, I believe it is. Then you can watch the Super Motocross Sunday, knowing if you won or not. Wouldn't that be nice? No, submit them, submit them by the 20th, and we'll do our best to get them out ASAP after that. We've already got a couple. It's looking great. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Winners this year uh, will probably win uh, something worth over a couple hundred bucks. And that's all I'm going to say. And and probably is a big probably in there. (laughs) Is that good? Does that make a lot of sense? Tobor shaking his head. You're not even going to say anything now? Okay. Thanks for not being a wet blanket jerk. Uh, September 30th, the El Camino swap meets happening from 8 to 2 at El Camino to College in Torrance. And that's all I got. That's all you need to know. That's all I know is happening. So get on out to one of these. Sorry. God, everything is here in California. Well, that's what you get. Everywhere else is going to be under 
a hurricane watch. So with that, let's take a quick break. Tobor, I'm going to try and wiggle some chords on you, make you sound a little more decent. Let's take a quick, quick break, and we'll be right back with some more creative writing. Hey, everybody, this is Nathan Flats from Flats Tires, reminding you to come on down and get everything you need for your bike. We've got tires. They're round. They're made of rubber. And we supply everything you need, including valve stems. The only thing you need to supply is the air. That's right. Come down to Flats Tires. We're on the corner of State Street and First, down in Epperton. I'm just posting a story. I'm just changing the song. I'm just... No. When it comes to distracted driving, just don't. Sending a text takes your eyes off the road for just five seconds, but in that time, your car can travel the length of an entire football field. Any distracted driving just isn't worth it. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. I'm not in the mood. All right, everybody, we back. Tobor, did you know that just taking your eye off the road for five seconds could make you travel the length of an entire football field? Tobor, I'm going to turn you off. No one wants to hear real stats, dude. I was just kind of making a polite conversation with you. Can you just just can it for a little bit? Um, Let's get into some other stuff right now. I decided I'm, I am gonna I am gonna go forward with this uh, as if as if the co-host were here. I mean, you are a co-host. Don't get me wrong, but we're gonna have five not worth the news, unworth newsworthy headlines. Uh, and actually, one of them kind of ties into today's main topic. So, the f- number five on our list here, uh, the headline comes from uh, Electric, <laughs> well, of all places. So the Sondor's Metacycles in trouble. Uh, Saunders or Sondor's. Which does it rhyme with condors? I don't have any idea or clue. Tobor, do you know? No, you're shaking your head. You're not even going to tell me. Okay, uh, they are a company known for their e-bicycles. It was actually the very first pedal assist electric bicycle that I rode with the Sondors. Very cheap. Uh, they have started showing signs that they may be unraveling financially. And according to an article on Electrek, Sondors has closed up its physical shop here in the LA area. It's fallen behind on bicycle production, and the cause. <laughs> well, branching out into electric motorcycles uh, apparently is uh, is what what all the hubbub's about. Uh, Sondors they offered e bicycles at prices much lower than other major brands, uh, and and of course that kind of put them behind the ball even with their bicycles. But enough people bought them that it kind of helped them catch up. Uh, you know, sell a bunch of groms, not one gold wing, right? Sort of thing. Uh, now, once they branched out into the Metacycle, which was announced at the beginning of 2021, it had some super premium specs at 5000 bucks. Seemed like they were at it again somehow with this miraculous motorcycle model for five grand when everybody else is the minimum. I mean, the minimum. I think the cheapest zero that you can get is probably twelve grand, ten grand. I mean, the FXE, you can buy a half battery one. That one may be eight grand uh, for like a you know, eighth of a kilowatt, but there's no way that it matches up to, um, you know, that what the Sundors was promising for 5,000 bucks. So, uh, according to Electric's article, however, after falling short on deliveries month after month, some customers actually still have yet to take possession of their vehicles. And that's from 2021. Many demanded refunds and the customers who did get their bikes were disappointed because they were heavier 
slower. They had sub-spec, uh, you know, subpar specs. They're or actually sub-spec based on what the original, uh, you know, advertising was for. Uh, and that's what ended up in their driveways. Now, Sondorf has opened up another round of funding with the motorcycle priced at 6500 bucks this time, which still is a lot better than even some of the lower lowest of the, uh, the e-motorcycles out there, unless they are little scooters or something like that, right? For the stuff that they're promising for that price point, they are beating everybody. But are, are they? Because now it sounds like they are going to be pulling a scully where they, they deliver a few helmets, but then they go out of business. Um, so yeah, new buyers, actually, this is kind of funny too, that the new buyers at the 6,500 level have actually taken some possession of the latest bikes while the original investors are still sitting with the $5,000 empty spot in their garage and their bank account. So I don't know what this means for Sondors as a company. Uh, should they have not possibly branched out into motorcycles. I don't know, but, uh, you know, Zach Quartz does a, uh, I, I don't know if it's part of Revzilla or if it's his own thing, but he does a thing called daily, daily rider or something like that on YouTube where he gets a test bike from, you know, said company. Uh, usually they're the latest, greatest bikes that are coming out, you know, test mules. He rode a Sondor's a motorcycle, and he was rather impressed with it. And I don't know if it's the same one that Mike Atoll got to re- write or about when the, he got to ride. I don't know if it's like the live wire, how they had one test mule for a long time while they were making the other ones. Harley Davidson kind of did the same thing, only they had Harley Davidson money to do it with. I mean, not that that's like a lot of money, but it's more than Sondor's, I bet. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll put that, we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to that someday. Uh, if Sondors is no longer around, not even making bikes. Cause I have, I know a lot of other companies, super 73 included that are looking to branch out into motorcycles, fuel, super 73, Monday motor. There's a lot, uh, number four on our list, the Can-Am Maverick R. What the actual hell? Tobor, do you know what this is? Do you know what the Can-Am Maverick R is? I don't know. And I don't care. Junkies got brown underwear. Tobor, you're such a jerk. Um, the Can-Am Maverick R is a side-by-side. <laughs> so why are we mentioning a side-by-side in motorcycle news? Well, the latest chatter, and I mean, this, this made big news. The latest chatter surrounding the Maverick R's gigantic knuckles is why we're going to be mentioning this here. Can-Am has made the list with a front end that's more polarizing than a spider, but more revolutionary than a Nikon. If you can believe that two, two of the motorcycle trikes out on the market today. Uh, so it's not the 240 horsepower or the smart shocks that has people talking. The Maverick R has a super tall front knuckle. Um, and what it does is it reduces lateral loads and improves the roll center. Uh, I, while also, um, I guess it, it improves suspension travel too, but it also prevents people from putting larger wheels and taller tires on, which probably a lot of people like to do on their Can-Ams. You know, you can't you can't roll on the stock crap. However, these tires that are on there are pretty big, and the vehicle is really hard to flip as it is, uh, according to the uh, guys that were testing out the uh, the f- suspension. So what they had. Uh, people do with this, uh, the unveiling was they had two uh, hydraulic rams and they weren't pushing up or down because we know all shocks work up, you know, trailing arms, uh, a arms, whatever your suspension, we know that shocks go up and down and they usually do it great depending on what brand shock you have. Um, but this new, the Maverick R, 
they were doing a lateral load on a conventional A-arm and a conventional, uh, or the new tall knuckle. And what they found out was lateral loads, they had it pushing on the tire out, or I guess effectively in if you're going around a corner. And what it doesn't do is it doesn't flex in and put hundreds of pounds of lateral force on your linkages and A-arms and your vertical shock. Uh, it more or less... Um, puts half, at least like half the half the lateral load on it. So it means you can take high speeds without your shock deforming, without your suspension deforming, without the roll center, you know, having a high roll center and, and uh, flipping over. It makes it more stable. And the reason that this made it on a motorcycle podcast is because the steering center is directly over the tire. Basically this improved characteristics is due to the tall knuckle, which acts sort of like a fork on a motorcycle. If you've ever seen a Cannondale bicycle also, Cannondale is the only one I know that does this, but there may be others, but they have a single-sided fork in the front. And that may trip you. Like, oh my God, like this, what this wheel sticking out there, like just a little axle, but it actually doesn't matter that much. Uh, the single-sided fork Reduce has there's nothing to twist, there's nothing to to flex except for one side. It it improves a lot of things, and it also uh, adds you know a certain level of um, steer uh, center steering when it's right over the right over the top of the tire. So that's why motorcycle forks work so great, uh, and you can turn pretty good. This hub center steering or this or this hub over steer, I guess is what I would call it. It was like sort of like the uh, Bimota Tessie 3D and a few other hub steer motorcycles. It allows you to turn it a lot farther than the old handlebars would or cranking the, the wheel would because now the uh, you don't have to worry about the tire turning in and hitting the linkages. The linkage is a right above the center of the tire. So the tire can actually turn further, I do believe. And like I said, the lateral loading is different. You actually get uh, a better roll center. If you don't know what a roll center is, look it up. Uh, it's why why lower cars are faster around corners. Uh, so yeah, the Can Am Maverick R using I wouldn't say motorcycle technology, but definitely uh, adjusting their knuckles. Even though the knuckles like four feet long now, <laughs> uh, and and it looks weird curving out over the top of the tire. Uh, guaranteed at 100% changes the characteristics of that vehicle. Um, our number three headline, police impound e-bike after ticketing 13-year-old. Yes, this, uh, and Tobor, hang on one sec. I'm going to take a quick break and uh, turn Tobor off. Tobor, yeah, you are going to, okay, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disarm your mic then if you're not going to say anything else. There we go. Thank you, Tobor, for participating in the first part of the show. And good night. Uh, so this headline comes to us from where else? Manhattan Beach, California. That's where Manhattan stand. Uh, electric bikes are becoming more popular. They serve as crossover vehicles for turning people onto motorcycles and vice versa, getting some bicyclists to try smaller motorcycles and things like that. The police in Manhattan Beach, California, however, ticketed a 13-year-old for riding his Sir on X without the proper safety equipment, and they impounded it because it was the second time that they had warned it. That's on the kid. You get away with it once, riding an illegal bicycle in the street. You get away with that once. You keep doing it. That's your fault, kid. Uh, just do what the cops tell you. But e-bikes and e-motorcycles seem very far apart from a motorcyclist's point of view. But for bicyclists, there appears to be some gray area. Uh, 
I love watching Sir Ronster on YouTube as he rips his Sir on, he rips Telerias, he's got countless little razors. I don't know if he still has them all, but he takes electric carts, uh, all this stuff, you know, he had a mobility scooter that made like 300 horsepower. I forget exactly what, but they're all electric. They're massively illegal, <laughs> but he still takes them out. He has lots of fun on them, and people don't really give him a side high because he's not being a jerk. He's not riding out there, and he's not, you know, doing stuff that you wouldn't be doing on a, a regular motorcycle or a regular bicycle, rather. Uh, so my issue with this is, uh, you know, the fact that all over Los Angeles, he, he, he rides, there's, there's e-vehicle meetups all over Los Angeles. The electric expo, uh, usually happens in long beach down by the beach. Um, large group rides of bicycles, e-bicycles specifically people on skateboards, little carts, the one wheeled scooters, like not the well one wheels. I don't know if one wheels are fast enough. It's more like the, um, uh, in motion, which is like a one wheel, like almost un electric unicycle sort of looking thing. There's huge group rides that he's done on his channel with these folks. He does bike reviews. He does all this shit in a gray area of the law as well, apparently. And I've wondered about the legality of Saran bikes because they're not technically bikes. They don't have pedals. However, I think for the Saran or the Talaria, I forget which one, you can buy a pedal kit. So now, now it has pedals and it's an e-bicycle, right? So um, they can easily exceed the legal speed limit for e-bicycles, which is 20 or 28 miles an hour, depending on which class it is. And this is why I like them. This is the whole reason I like everything about e-bicycles, e-quote motorcycles, and all this and that. To a layperson and even the police, there's an obscured coexistence of e-bikes in the law. And Sir Ronster actually took a 1,000 uh, watt, um, bicycle and pulled over and asked some police, I think it was riding down in Hollywood, asked him if the bike that he was riding was okay to ride downtown. He asked like three or four different cops on video and they all said, yeah. And he said, hey, this thing has a thousand watts. Is that right? Is that good? Or maybe it's kilowatts. I don't know what the hell it is. And it can't be kilowatts. <laughs> it's gotta be, it's gotta be just watts. Um, and here's the deal. If you don't know, we'll, we could talk about, uh, I'll tell you about bicycle classes in a second, but they all said, yeah, ride in the bike lane, follow the rules of the road. You're okay. The people in right in front of the, I'm guessing it was Grauman's Chinese theater. It's where all the stars are out on Hollywood, you know, or, or Highland, whatever hell street that's on. And they were like, yeah, just don't ride on the stars. Like get in the, get in the bike lane and, and, and everyone was cool. All these cops were cool with it. This bike legally in the eyes of the, uh, you know, Department of Transportation or wh whoever makes laws for bicycles is is totally legal. It's thousand watts. Um, so yeah, we're, we'll get into that in a second. So the police told him it's cool, and, and yeah, if you're not doing something stupid, they looked at the pedals. They told him to ride it in the bike lane. They told him it was okay. So I don't really remember the brand, but it was way overpowered. It was capable of going forty five miles per hour, which is double what a quote bicycle is allowed to do and it looked like a regular bike so i guess it's like asking a tech inspector at the track if your vintage motorcycle cycle motorcycle fits into a vintage class even though you um have i don't know forged internals you got titanium valves you got race tech gold valve cartridge emulators dropped in the fork tubes you know all this internal stuff you don't know what you're looking at based on appearances alone i mean did you know that Alan Patton, Elon Musk, and Charlize Theron are all African. 
would, would that shock you? So appearances really don't do a lot. So, but anyways, I digress. The Manhattan Beach Police, they apparently don't play as fast as loose as the cops around Hollywood do or downtown LA because they know what they're looking at and they're cracking down. This 13-year-old kid, he was cited for riding a motorcycle unlicensed. And here's where we're going to get to the legality of what the kid was riding, of the Suron. He got a ticket for riding an, an, a motorcycle unlicensed. You'd think he would have learned after the first fucking time they told him and he got away with it to smarten up, don't ride it around the same spots, do something, you know, take it to the bike park, whatever you're going to do. So they said, listen, it doesn't have proper proper equipment like mirrors, headlights, taillights, turn signals, and most of all, no plate. So yes, Surons technically are motorcycles. They don't have pedals. They have motors that are over 750 watts. And this bicycle that Suronster was on had 1,000 watts, way over, you know, a a, a whole, uh, you know, 250 over the limit for what a bicycle can have. The Suron X has more than double that, actually. It had, like, I think I did a review on it, and it had, like, 1,400 watts or something like that. So uh, it's been the Surons X, um, I think the Talaria, the Rar, 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 however the hell you pronounce it. It's like a, it's like a roar. Um, all of these have been tested at motorcycle tracks <laughs> and on motorcycle YouTube channels. So uh, a lot of people are, cons- a lot of people that consider them motorcycles, they, they tested them against gas bikes. You know, they, they said, hey, here's a bunch of trail bikes that are, this price range and they included electric bikes, which included the Surons and the Talarias. So yeah, the cops are telling them, listen, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, if you're going to get a, if you're going to get a Suron and get geared up, you better be legal to operate a motorcycle, I guess. So I guess this gray area, I see these, I see Surons all over the place in my town. And sometimes the guys have motorcycle helmets on like dirt bike helmets and there's a lot of dirt bike dudes, like mountain biker guys that wear that. So it kind of looks like you're on a downhill bike because they're a little bit beefier, just like a downhill bike. They almost look like an E downhill bike. Wiggins and I were riding back from the trail one time and a Suron or Talaria or something went by us. Wiggins was pissed. He's like, hey, can I bring my KTM down here? And I was like, no, you absolutely cannot. Dude, that thing maybe has like, you know, a thousand watts, let's say. That thing is like, you know still a bicycle. You know, you cannot bring your dirt bike down here, but I see what Wiggins is getting at. Wiggins is one of those guys that like, I think he gets a little bit mad about the laws, but he also wants the laws to be very clear and not gray. And Hey, if, if somebody can ride their bicycle with no pedals, which is not a bicycle, it's, a, it's an electric dirt bike. Uh, theoretically, you know, for all intents and purposes, I should be able to ride my dirt bike down here, which I totally disagree with. Um, but uh, you know, those things aren't going to tear up the trail like a dirt bike. Those things aren't loud like a dirt bike. There's so many, there's so many reasons why I'm sad that this kid got sighted and I'm sad that people seem to be cracking down on bikes. It's almost like the Manhattan beach cops were listening to the motorcycles and misfits podcast and all of their blabbing about, we need to regulate bicycles and Surons and stuff like that. Listen, we don't, do we? I mean, we're not down there cracking down on every single old crazy guy riding an electric scooter down the street at, you know, 28 miles an hour, are we? Are we going to pull him over and it doesn't have a plate on it 
and make sure that it's less than, you know, a, a moped status and it's not like, no, we're not. Nobody's doing that. So why are we cracking down on bicycles? I don't know. They're all, and things that aren't bicycles but look like bicycles. I don't know. I was appreciating the whole hooligan of it, hooliganism of, of it, but now I'm just sad. All right, moving on to headline number two. This comes to us from BMW. BMW Smart Glasses, as a matter of fact. BMW told us what the future of motorcycling was going to be way back in 2016 during their Vision Next 100 presentation. If you want to go to our blog, search up BMW's vision for the future of Motorrad. It's from October 2016. We did a whole little blurb on it using their press release they gave us. And back then they told us that our future motorcycles are likely going to be electric. They're going to be almost uncrashable because BMW has this whole suite of rider aids and things like that. Uh, but they also told us that that would also include these special suits and glasses that would be part of the whole equation. The rider would have to have them on. What they didn't tell us is that it would be less than 10 years before they introduced uh, one of these pieces of technology. And at just under $800, BMW is doing what Scully, Argon, iLights, Cross Helmet, and several other HUD or heads-up display companies have failed to do. Uh, without looking like they're going to poke your eyes out in a crash at least, because I'll go into detail on that. They have integrated a heads-up display into some really nerdy-looking glasses. Um, What I mean about these other companies, Scully, Argon Eye Lights, Cross Helmet, all these, uh, they have heads-up displays that either connect to a helmet or that were part of a helmet, but half of them look like if you were to get in an accident, they'd scoop your eye out like a spoon. They were literally like little things that sat up right in front of your eye. Not the greatest. Probably why a lot of them didn't ever come to market or or, or, or not, at least not like, you know, DOT and ECE approved because they're sitting right there in front of your eyeball, ready to poke it right out. But BMW has done something different. They have this little... Uh, uh, heads-up display in their glasses. I forget 100% how it works, but it's not uh, sticking up in front of your eye. It's actually like on the lens, so it must be part of the glass. It's pretty cool. The Connect Ride smart glasses, which is what they're calling them, they project information right onto the lens, probably from the body of the glass. Uh, fiber optics is a hell of a, hell of a trick. Um, what they do is they connect to a BMW app via Bluetooth, and they can project your speed, your current gear, uh, your GPS um, routes, all the stuff like that onto the lens so the rider never has to look down. Never has to look down like you did with some of those other aftermarket or add-on, you know, some either the helmet came with it built in, like the cross helmet or whatever, or it was like an aftermarket snap-on thing, I think, which is like bright eyes or whatever the hell it's called, eye lights. Uh, all of that stuff, you have to like kind of look down onto it anyways. You, yeah, you don't have to look all the way down to your Speedo, but you still have to shift your eye down to look at it in your helmet. BMWs, you're looking right through it onto the road. So that is one cool thing. But my question is, what if your eye does that weird thing where it focuses it, focuses on right, directly right in front of it and the rest of the visual field blurs out? It always takes me a couple seconds to refocus, and I could imagine that that's the time that I'm rear-ending a Prius or another BMW. Um, so yeah, look for the BMW Connect Ride smart glasses coming to uh, an app near you for 800 bucks, which is actually not too shabby because I think my last pair of glasses was about double that. So I am so blind, though. Um, AI. 
Uh, this is part of our, our last and final headline. AI deployed in Englandshire to cut down on cell phone and seatbelt infractions. Uh, so, yeah, AI. Uh, England has tons of speed cameras, sound cameras. I think they have sound cameras. I know France does. But they have all sorts of cameras checking all over to see what you're doing as a bad, bad. And if they find it, they give you a ticket for it. One thing that I really don't like about this is the big brother aspect, which isn't endemic to the UK. It's all over Europe and the good old North America, except for Mexico. I think I'm very unsure about any countries in North America below the first few Mexican states. So I did you a favor and I looked it up because even America has red light cameras and some speed cameras. I found out that our local police have license plate readers on their car. And if you have bench warrants or your stolen car or something like that, they will uh, pop up and they could pull you over. So without having to do anything, the, the, you know, the ca- camera uses AI to do it for them so they can focus on driving. So yay, we have Big Brother watching us all over. But I did look here and... There are a few red light speed cameras in Canada. I don't know about license plate readers. Uh, there's a bajillion in the USA. The USA map almost disappeared because there were so many red light cameras and license plate readers. And there's none in Mexico, none in Belize, none in Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, or any of the island nations in the Caribbean that comprise North America. And if, until you pass into Colombia. So if you want some real freedom, head south, <laughs> head south of the border, head south of the U.S. border into Mexico and all the countries south of Mexico. But don't cross into Colombia. Uh, Colombia is not North America anyway. That's when you cross the Panama Canal here in South America. But, uh, yeah, if you want some real freedom in North America, we got all that shit here too. But we don't have – I'm going to digress because I don't know about the AI camera shit. But the AI cameras in England, sure – they take pictures of vehicles and submit the photos to uh, an AI database. If the AI detects a cell phone or a seatbelt infraction, a human will verify it, will review it and verify it, which is the only sensible practice in my opinion, which is the reason why humans shouldn't worry about AI replacing every occupation anytime soon. Uh, they still need a human, human-based review. But anyways, uh, a human reviews it and then... Um, yeah, they give you a citation if the if the yeah the camera did detects that you're looking at a cell phone or that the seatbelt's not on. Boom. Yep, they review the picture. Sure enough, sure shit, you're looking at fucking Instagram or something while you're driving, or you're getting you're getting a selfie for the gram or for TikTok or whatever the hell you're doing instead of instead of driving like a civilized human being. The system captured. 300 offenders, almost 300 offenders, in three fucking days uh, in initial testing on the A30. So if you're driving on the A30 and a robot caught you, I feel so sorry, Tober. I've turned you off, so don't you dare say shit. Um, But distracted driving, it is an enemy of bikers, right? And if you've ever been a biker, uh, it's a total enemy of bikers, but if you've ever seen the biker fucking with their GoPro, their Insta360, or even their phone... Maybe we should take a look in the mirror as well, right? Because the whole reason that we don't want people driving distracted is we don't want want to get hit. I've seen plenty of bikers fucking around with shit, uh, my, including my friend who was trying to adjust his clutch cable once um, and fucking bend it on his brand new Ninja 600 back in the day. Um, yeah, when they were still four cylinders. But yeah, dude, uh, 
I guess I guess it was a six three six. They still do make four cylinders. I'm on crack right now. But anyways, long story short, um, yeah. Listen, as for seat belts, here's my thing on seat belts. It only hurts the idiots that get in the crash, right? So even though I buckle up every time, I feel that a seatbelt is like a helmet law. Now, I after I wrote, I know I wrote this, and I even sound crazy reading it to myself. Like, yeah, buckle up. Why wouldn't everybody buckle up? Well, why wouldn't everybody wear a helmet? And uh, I, all I can say is that if you're stupid enough not to buckle up, do you deserve a ticket, especially from a fucking robot? I don't know. Like, I think they should have to catch you, but you're only going to get killed yourself for not wearing a seatbelt. So that's your fault if you die. So you 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 know the score. Could be death. Oh, I'm never going to crash. That's the thing is I don't crash. Well, but when you do. But anyways, I think we could use AI to do better things than, uh, than the police... Um, uh, helping the help of the police generate income for cities, basically, right? One upside to using AI rather than humans to review photos, like if you're scratching your balls or your coochie, hopefully the AI won't alert the human reviewer that one hand is off the wheel and on your, you know. So that is, uh, I'm wondering about who gets to look at these photos. The whole Big Brother thing, I... That's one reason I'm really upset about it. What if you're jerking off in your car, but no one can see, but a camera way up high on a pole where no other human is possibly going to see you scratching your nuts or jerking off or whatever the fuck you want to do, getting a BJ, I don't know what you're doing, uh, but a camera snaps a pic of that. Oh, guess who's in trouble now for enjoying life? Well, you are. Anyways, AI cameras, I'm obviously not a fan of that. This this whole this whole news list is going to be my new low for the next show. Um, and some bonus news. Valentino Rossi is going to be a test driver for BMW. Will he end up pulling a Brian Deegan, Travis Pastrana, or Billy Baloney and taking his two-wheeled passion to four wheels? Yes. Yes, he will. All right. We're going to take a quick, quick break and get into the show's main topic. Fucking finally. <laughs> Looking for a high-quality leather that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? Well, not yours anyway. Try Criders, made in the USA from 100% renewable resources. We don't use fancy hide like kangaroo or elk, nor do we use other imported hides like jaguar or okapi. Those animals are scarce and protected. We extrapolate our hides from a unique source of marsupial. Not a wallaby, though, if that's what you were thinking. Criders leathers are made from the United States' most renewable resource. The common opossum. The common opossum is so common, in fact, that thousands of hides go to waste each year on American roadways. We don't believe in letting these valuable garment farms end up in the city dump, especially with a looming leather shortage on the horizon. Criders is dedicated to rider safety, and a low overhead is our number one priority. Visit Criders today, and we'll fit you up in new skin. Possum skin. Criders, the cheapest leather you'll wear. Visit Criders now. We're located down by the stream behind the old recycling factory. Criders Leathers. Hey, creative writers. RP Enterprises wants to remind you of their latest, greatest invention, the medicated adhesive graphic strip. This medicated bandage strip is emblazoned with bold graphics depicting infected, pus-oozing, disgusting wounds. Whether you have just a minor scratch, a hangnail, or a clean gash, make sure you customize it with the Mags Bandage from RP Enterprises. RP Enterprises is only available at fine retail stores near you. RP! 
Tobor, Tobor, it's all good, my man. No worries. I won't do anything to jeopardize the show. But on this week's main topic, we are going to be talking about Micah Toll, the kind-hearted optimist. Not this time, buddy. Not going to pull that stunt again. That's something for Moto Nokomoto to do. Uh, I'm going to mute you again, bud. You're coming a little funky. No? Well, no? Yes? No? Yeah, I'm going to mute you. All right. No, I am not going to run through the president's office naked again. However, we are going to... We are going to talk about Micah Toll. And I just wanted to bring this up because Nokomoto, although I do largely agree with some of the things that Nokomoto said, hey, they write about vaporware bikes. They write about vaporware motorcycles. I agree. And Micah Toll, in, I, I, don't, I haven't read much of his articles, but I have watched a lot of his YouTube videos. I even own his book. Please don't defriend me. Uh, MotoGP. However, I will I will concede that they do write a lot about vehicles that don't exist, may never exist. But I mean, they're an electric vehicle magazine, or you know, digital magazine. That's what they're all about. To be fair, Mike Atoll has reviewed and written a lot of the bi- uh, bikes that are. Well, he's reviewed every bike that he has a video for. Obviously, he doesn't talk about it. He takes it out and rides it. There's a lot of bikes that he's just recently been testing from CSC, which is a company right down the street from me that was famous a few years ago for their dirt cheap 250 like enduro bike. And then they made like a 300. Now they're making a 400. I think they still have 200 and 400. But they were so cheap because they were, quote, made of Chinesium is exactly what the uh, Misfits, I believe, said about these. However, the people that owned them and actually bought them had their own opinions about them. And they're back at it again because now Mike Atoll is testing their electric offerings for electric. And, excuse me, they do have some rip-off, uh, rip-off stuff. Now, I, I do want to say that their RX3 and their RX2, whatever it was, RX, I forget exactly what the hell it was called back in the day, it looks like a BMW GS that has been shrunk down. Well, now the BMW GS you know, the 310GS, which is made also by an Indian company. Um, they do also look like a little BMW that's been shrunk down. But this RX3 almost looks like a BMW GS before a BMW GS did, if, they, if you can imagine that. They've been around for quite a long time. They also make the San Gabriel 250, which I know a couple of people have those, and they run fine. Uh, they make a couple dirt bikes. All this stuff is dirt cheap. Yes, it's Chinese. And yes, California Scooter Company used to make scooters here in California way back in the day before that became cost ineffective. Um, they also sell, you know, like I said, this whole new range of electric bikes is ripping off. They got, they got like a city slicker, which looks just like a Honda Grom mixed with a Z125 Pro but it's electric. They also have this other one. I forget what the hell it's called, but it looks just like a super cub from Honda, but it's electric. So they have the electric looking bike that kind of looks like a trail, you know, or an Amigo, which is ripping off a trail. Um, 
So they have a bunch of bikes that emulate some of the best sellers out there, only they're electric. And they also recently started selling electric bikes as well. So they're branching out just like every other power sport um, manufacturer. Now that's one company. He, Mike Atoll has also ridden the Sondor's Metacycle. He's also bought an electric truck straight from China. All of these are documented in videos. And in all of the videos, I do have to say, he's pretty, pretty optimistic about the electric future, which I think we, we should all be, even though I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, electric Kool-Aid, less and less and less. I'm wondering where the power comes from, <laughs> the electricity is that we're running, and the fact that the batteries are never going to get... You know, the battery is the biggest thing. To hear Pete, MotoGP, on their last episode talking about how he and his girlfriend, or his, actually his wife, went to um, Spain, and or Mallorca, Menorca, wherever they went to, and uh, they rented a, a gas bike and had range anxiety. Now, that is ludicrous, because... If there's one thing you can do with the e-bike that you, or a, an ice bike that you can't do with an e-bike, it's a take a very efficient uh, backup with you. you. You can roll. They make these fuel backpacks, basically, which are a little like water skins. Uh, they almost look like a hydration pack that you would carry around if you're going to dual sporting, like camelback, but for fuel. Roto packs. Fucking strap a fuel can to your <laughs> sissy bar. Whatever you're going to do to get that extra fuel and carry it with you. And fuel is very energy dense where batteries aren't. So I will concede that that's also a r- ridiculous notion. But what I can't, and maybe for the life of me, because I don't really like electric that much because everything's vaporware on there pretty much, but that's the industry they're working in. And I will say that Mike Atoll may not be a biker. One of the very first videos I saw of him was he got some old like CB160 or something that didn't run anymore and he was going to convert it to an electric bike. I never saw the follow-up of that, but it did inspire me to start watching his videos. It did inspire me to buy the bike or buy the book, How to Build Your Own Lithium-Ion Batteries. And he's very detailed in that book about what to look out for, why he builds his own. And then I met Trent. Trent Ballard, uh, Trenovix, and we interviewed him a couple times on the show. Then I talked to Hunter, you know, Hunter Leonard, who's made his own electric bike, motorcycle. Both of these guys have made electric motorcycles. And I'm going, yeah, and they had to make, well, Trent made his own batteries. um, And the process sounds amazing. You can make your own shape where um, when Hunter was making his, he had to base it on the Nissan Leaf batteries and then Nissan changed their uh, the battery, but at least it still fits the frame that he made around it. But Trent would have no problem making his own batteries. So if there's one thing that Micah Toll did uh, inspire me to do is to become a little bit more proactive in my own electric future and to not be so worried about it. But also I, I do have to say when he's reviewing bikes around town, when he's reviewing motor electric motorcycles around town and even his stupid electric truck that he bought from China, he's pretty... He's, he's, he's not drinking the Kool-Aid. He'll tell you exactly what's good about it and what's bad about it. He says, oh, man, I drove this the electric cub. I forget exactly what the hell it was called, but it looks just like a Honda cub. He's driving it around Florida, and he's like, listen, this won't do 55 miles an hour. This will do 30 miles an hour. And he only wait. The, the, thing, the thing to be mad about Micah is, is that he's so genteel and good-looking, right? 
and he only weighs 170 pounds. I weigh 370 pounds. I'm three times his weight. I don't know how much MotoGP weighs. We're going, basically, I think we're doing about 16 miles an hour on this bike. That's why we're upset. He's doing 30-something. But even then, think back to the old mopeds. I've been looking at a lot of old mopeds and a lot of um, little scooters from the late 70s, early 80s. I want to get one. I really want to get a moped, I think. I, I haven't bit the cookie on it yet but those things right on the fender said less than five horsepower only up to 30 miles an hour on some of the mopeds and scooters that got people riding back in the day the tournament of motorcyclists you know their first bike um kate made that uh, kate that we had on the show a while ago now a couple years ago but her first bike was a honda hobbit i think it was and uh or is that yamaha hobbit i think it's a honda hobbit but and i looked those up too those are pretty badass that got her into motorcycles, right? So I do have to say that he won't – yes, he's he's drinking the Electric Kool-Aid, and that actually sounds like a pretty fun band name. If you're a band named Electric Kool-Aid, I hope you do good. You go far. If you're uh, a dance festival called Electric Kool-Aid Festival, well, Electric Daisy Carnival. Never mind. I digress. What I, All I want to say is that, yes, he is a kind-hearted optimist, and he may write about some crappy crap once in a while, but guess what? If you were a mag- if you were writing about magic, are you going to write about? Are you going to give away all the secrets? No. Are you going to know some of the secrets? Sure. Are you going to still want people to be interested in magic? Yes, because without that, you don't have anything to write about, and your whole world revolves around it. So, I do have to say that he is he is an optimist. He's just writing about what's being introduced out there. If there's a lot of vaporware bikes being introduced out there, so be it. That's what they have to write about. Right. So, uh, you know, give, give them something great, you know, let them test this or that on a, you know, a new, he, he's tested plenty of zeros, you know, and he's saying zeros are awesome, but they're not the price of some of these other cheaper things. When he rides bicycles, he's very thorough about telling you, Hey, this sucks. The battery is super hard to get out because the frame was designed this way. But uh, for the most part, if you're looking for this or this, it's okay. But I didn't like it. He's he's shit on a lot of the stuff that he's got sent. So I think he's honest. I think he is an optimist. I think he's very lighthearted. As far as hacky, yeah, I don't I don't know if he claims to be a motorcyclist ever. MotoGP's getting down on him about that. Um. Sure, get on him. Get down on him about that. He he rides he rides a bunch of electric shit. I mean, you know, if you're a Can Am bro or a Polaris bro, shit on him for buying this little electric truck from China. I I don't even know if that thing is four wheel drive. Your Can Am probably is. You can probably jump eighty six feet with your new fucking tall knuckle suspension. He can't in the stupid electric truck that only goes like twenty eight miles an hour, if that. But he does the stuff. He tests the stuff. He lets you know all about it. And therefore, even though I largely agree with MotoGP about Electrek in general, as far as their motorcycle news goes, because we all know the electric, we're still on the leading, bleeding, cutting, whatever you're going to call the edge of motor. We're, we're still in, even though we've been doing it for decades, I think we're still, we're at two places right now on the electric horizon. We're either, we're either going past it and we're sunsetting it, or we're just on the beginning of it. And there's only great things to come. So they're just writing what they see. Um, and I, I don't have a problem with that. So I'm going to keep this part short and sweet. This is probably about as long as Pete's episode went, just because I'm a blabberpuss. But uh, yeah, with that, we're going to call this an episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed this junk pile. 
Tobor, yeah, you're right. I unplugged you. But Tobor says goodbye. Tobor, hopefully we can get you sounding a little better. Come come back on and we'll try and fix things up a little bit. We'll keep messing with the vocal encoders. But we're going to have Tobor back on. Hopefully we'll be back on a regular uh, recording schedule soon. This is Labor Day weekend. Go out there and support a labor union. That's the whole reason that kids aren't working in sweatshops and you get weekends off and don't have to work more than eight hours a day because uh, a long time ago people did stuff like that. So go out there and uh, take a day off thanks to Labor Day. <laughs> All right, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Get out there and ride. And don't forget, Spooky Spokes coming up September, 20, September 20th is the, the cutoff for it. We need your submissions by then. We're really looking forward to them. Dawson and I are just ecstatic about it. And as usual, if you want to reach us, uh, you can reach out to uh, Dawson's Freak at Dawson's Freak on Instagram. That's D-A-W-S-O-N-Z Freak. Uh, You can check us out, Creative Writing Podcast, on Facebook, Instagram, and on Reddit. We are creative underscore writing. Um, don't go to regular creative writing. I always say that and I really do mean it. Go there once and see what I'm talking about. And then you email me and tell me, yes, junkie, you were right. Or junkie, I'm addicted now <laughs> to porn. So, uh, yeah, check us out there. If you want to also, uh, check out our blog, creative-writing.com. I'm trying to update that a little bit more, more often. Got a thousand bajillion press releases. Why don't I ever throw them out there? I, I, I read other motorcycles, uh, motorcycle blogs that are basically just throwing press releases out there amongst the other great content that they make. Maybe I'll start doing that too. Um, but anyways, go check it out, creative-writing.com. And uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. By the way, our newest patron, uh, I had another name. I wrote Rotten, Rotten Rob on the envelope. I'm so sorry. I had a really cool name picked out like Rob Rotary Twin, whatever. And I, 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 when I got to the post office, I just wrote Rotten Rob. So I hope you're not offended by it. But thanks, Rob, to our newest patron. Your package is in the mail, obviously. If I went to the post office, I don't just go there to snort cocaine off the counters because they're slate flat. But I would do that if I was you. Um, anyways, yeah, give us a buzz. Uh, creative writing podcast at gmail.com. If you want to submit a social slam uh, entry, I suggest you do it at slam at creative-writing.com. Uh, it'll get to us if you send it to us at either place. But... Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, your slam entries this year. <laughs> like I said at the top of the show, it may be worth something. Oh my God, I'm going to die. Tobor is giving me mouth to mouth and he's got a robotic mouth, so I think I'm going to die. Bye. How do you like my crushing mouth pieces, you little bitch junkie?